Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you are still listening to this show, thinking what you're going to get your dad for Father's Day, you've probably left it a little bit late. However, unless you can get into a store and pick something up, or you need to now give them an IOU because you've forgotten. Ladies and gentlemen, Navman have a series of products that I would genuinely recommend to a lot of people as perfect Father's Day gifts. Now, whether it is for the person who needs help with navigation or somebody who spends a lot of time on the road and could certainly use a second pair of eyes watching the road in front and behind them to capture any moments that could happen on the road. Absolutely another perfect gift in a dash cam. Now, just quickly on dash cams, I think a lot of people um, do think that dash cams can cost the world. In fact, the cheapest dash cam from Navman will cost you $169 recommended retail price, which usually means you could probably get it for actually less than that. It's called the MyView 150. Now, this is still a full high-definition recording on the front with the wide-angle lens, with the GPS-tagged videos. You're really not going to miss out on too much. You're still even going to get the driving speed display as well as an extra reminder of what speed you are doing on the road. And it has the, the G-Sensor built in. I genuinely think that if you are on the road, not just to get for those A to B trips, but if you're actually spending time on the road, you really need to be thinking about having a dash cam installed in the car. Yes, it can be moved from car to car, but just have one in there while you're driving. You have no idea what could happen when you're out there on the road. And honestly, sometimes it just makes the biggest difference when it's your word against theirs. And like an insurance policy, you only need it when you need it. Head to navman.com.au and check out their entire range. But please, just be safe out there on the roads. And worst case, have evidence if something goes wrong. Rasembrasma, Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert, Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. Now, ladies and gentlemen, today I have cracked open a bottle of white wine. I don't drink a lot of white wine in this show, but this one has been sent to me. It's called Santa Margarita. That's the, the name of the producer. And it's a Pinot Grigio. So we're talking about Northern Italy, um, you know, coming closer to Switzerland. So you do get those great, great white grape varieties. Uh, that's a tongue twister in itself. But I will tell you that this is a bottle that's going to cost you about the $20, $22 mark, um, you know, usual retailers. But the thing looks like it should be selling for 50 bucks. Just based on appearance, it's a classy, sexy-looking bottle uh, of wine from Italy. But actually drinking this, this wine is pleasant, super pleasant. It's like apple juice mixed with a little bit of alcohol in between. It's a really nice bottle of wine to have. I had it with, uh, with some pasta with a white sauce. Uh, as always, white wine usually goes with white things. Red wine usually goes with red things. You know, you think about your, your meats, your pastas. With red sauces, perfect with red wine, white wine, fish, chicken, white sauce, white sauce pasta. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio. Twenty-two bucks. Actually, pretty impressed by this. Uh, I'm going to enjoy the rest of this bottle over the next couple of days, probably because we're in lockdown and it's the thing that people seem to be doing. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a whole show of news. We genuinely are going to go through one, two, three, four, five, six seven news topics this week, and it's going to be very broad. Phones, headphones, mowing, more headphones, operating system news, projectors. We're going to cover it all. Let's get started. 
I don't want to waste any of your time. Your time is precious to me. And I hope you've been well. I hope you're keeping well, keeping safe, looking after each other and somehow keeping sane. For me, if it wasn't for the tech world continuing to move, life would get pretty boring. Now, Samsung. Samsung have a few phones out there in the market. They pretty much have now got a smartphone at almost $50 increments from the $200 mark. I mean, effectively, if you told me your budget was $300, there's a phone. If you told me your budget was $350, there's a different phone. Samsung is trying to make sure they dominate every single price point because all these other players like TCL, Oppo, Huawei, etc., they've all got phones in every other price point too. Maybe not always in the premium end where Samsung does play, but Samsung is absolutely trying to make sure that no one leaves their brand for any reason whatsoever. And this week, Telstra made the announcement. I actually didn't even hear about this from Samsung. I heard about it from Telstra. Maybe they have some sort of exclusivity as soon as they talk about it. But they have a A22 5G smartphone for less than $350. Now, I wish I had the time to go back and play some of the the episodes, I guess, that we did at the start of this year, where we started to be blown away at the sub $1,000 5G phone, you know, whether it was the Pixel 5, um, you know, I think that might have been the first sub $1,000 smartphone in Australia. We then started talking about below $500 at, with TCL. And now we're talking about below $350. And of all brands, it's with Samsung. So it's a 5G device. But it's not just, yeah, okay, it's a 5G device, but it's a dodgy or crappy phone. This could genuinely please a lot of people. Hear me out. Okay. We're talking about a 6.6-inch screen. The resolution is not as high as you're going to find on, say, a Galaxy S21, but still, it's a full high-definition screen. 90 hertz refresh rate, again, could be higher, but let's remember the price point here. Three cameras on the back, 48-megapixel, 5-megapixel ultra-wide, and the two megapixel depth camera. Sounds like you can get some pretty decent photos on it. 5,000 milliamp hour battery, meaning even though it's 5G enabled, it should easily get you through to the end of the day. It's got a side-mounted fingerprint reader. I absolutely love side-mounted fingerprint readers. Yes, the in-screen ones are cool. They look great. It's also a pretty handy spot where your thumb is. But if you pick up your phone while I'm talking to you now, the thumb easily does go on the side of the phone. And if that's going to be the thing that unlocks it, even better, because it's usually the same as the power button. The power button is your fingerprint reader, so it doubles up. I love that kind of tech. It has got four gig of RAM, which look, I don't want to, I hate getting into specs all the time, but at four gig of RAM, yes, it could be higher. That could be something that if you're a gamer or you use a lot of power apps, that could be a bit of a problem for you. But if you're just, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, listening to podcasts, whatever it is, that's going to be okay. You start getting into more high intensity stuff. Yeah, maybe you should be spending more money. Fortunately, though, it does have 128 gigs of storage. That's a heck of a lot of storage at that price point. Again, some brands above $1,000 won't even give you 64 gig. So this is a really, really compelling option. Again, having 5G built into the phone means it's a little bit future-proof as well. I really, really like this. Now, Telstra is doing this as an exclusive deal. Effectively, at $329, it's locked to the Telstra network. If you're happy to spend a little bit extra, I think it's an extra 50 bucks, then it's an unlocked device and it can be used on any network that you so choose to. But you know what? If you're a Telstra customer already and you're planning on using your Telstra SIM card, then this could just be a perfect next phone. And now I know that people could say, well, it's not going to be as good as my current phone. I'd be surprised if you have a smartphone that's two, three years old, 
I'll be surprised if you think this one is worse. In fact, I think you would actually be impressed with just how good it would be. Will I get this one to test? I don't know. Should I get it? Let me know. You know, you can SMS me at any time. I'll give you that number again. Make sure you've got your contacts open. Save this number uh, 0467-439-078. I love hearing from you all. I usually do respond to everybody within the day that I do receive the text. Sometimes it can be the day after. Um, but please reach out anytime. Questions, comments, um, banter. I'll take it all. And obviously social media is there if you want to use that instead. Now, if you are listening to this show and you're in China, um, first of all, thank you for tuning in and listening. But secondly, how about those new gaming rules that have been applied to China today? I was quite surprised to read this. And, you know, sometimes it is interesting to look over the fence. Um, you know, where, where we live in Australia, the people, people complain. People complain about all sorts of stuff. Um, but it's always nice to sometimes look over the fence and just see what's happening in other countries around the world. This was interesting. Under 18s will be allowed to play online games for one hour on Fridays, weekends, and holidays. That's crazy. This effectively means that if you're 17 years old, the government is permitting you to play online for a total of three hours per week, broke up in one hour increments across those three special days. Now, this is to try and curb gaming addiction. For me, this is insanity of control. This is borderline crazy. Um, parents usually look after the responsibility of making sure that their kids are doing the right thing, that they're not sitting in front of their TV playing video games all day. It's usually the parent's job to do that. I get uncomfortable when it's the government stepping in to do the parenting. It starts to tell you that this isn't so much just about parenting. It's, it's in something else going on here. Um, if you're under 18 and you're living in China, I am uh, sympathetic to you. I, I like to play games. And certainly when I was a younger guy, uh, I played a heck of a lot of games. I used to play Xbox, PlayStation, PC quite a bit. Did I, was I addicted? Did it ruin my life? Hell no. Would I have been upset if the government pulled the plug on me? Yes, big time. Does it mean that I'm going to do anything different or I'm not going to then just flick to offline gaming or I'm not going to mimic being over 18 and using my parents or friends' credentials to log in as an over 18 user? I mean, come on. The kids of all people are the ones most likely to circumvent any rules that you put in place. Uh, I had a number of years working in schools as the IT guy. Um, I think it was three years. I did three years working as IT support in schools. And one thing I learned from doing that is that you put a rule in place, you'll very quickly learn how to break those rules because the kids will show you how they get around them. Uh, whether it was blocking a website, blocking uh, flash video games, which was a hot topic that people used to do in web browsers once upon a time, kids find a way to get around it. And you learn very quickly that they're crafty creatures. When they have a wheel, there is a way. When there is a way, there is a will. Secondly, thirdly, I want to get through this one too before we get to a break. A landscaping company, Electric Sheep Robotics. Have you ever heard of this company? I hadn't. I was doing some research into robotic mowers because at some point I think I'm going to need one. But what I learned is that Electric Sheep Robotics has a plan to robify your existing mower. So if you were out there and you're driving a lawn tractor, as they would call it in America, or a ride-on mower, or a zero-turn mower, this company 
is looking to bolt on a robot that drives your mower. Now, this was amazing because I can tell you what, a Husqvarna robotic mower can cost you $6,000 easily. Like without batting an eyelid, it can cost you $6,000. But a zero-turn mower with a much wider cutting deck, heaps of power, can go up any hills, inclines, can travel for longer, longer periods of time and things like that, could cost you $4,000, $5,000. If you make it robotic, then you don't even need to sit on the mower. But it's interesting because it doesn't just drive around and bump into things. It uses GPS. It uses virtual boundaries, just like a robotic vacuum does. And effectively, this can be retrofitted onto multiple brands of mowers, and it does all the driving for you. And it looks like it looks it looks bizarre because you've got in the videos. If you look these up, electric sheep robotics. If you look up the videos, you'll actually see these mowers driving around cutting grass and it looks freaky because there's no one in the driver's seat. What they do have is they fit things like LiDAR, GPS and other controls to make sure that it can see everything around it. So that way you could potentially just draw a virtual boundary on a map and it will stick within that, but it will also avoid trees, plants, garden beds, those kinds of things. So you won't need to lay perimeter wire like you do with robotic mowers. This is an amazing innovation and I cannot wait to hear about when they do decide to launch in Australia. Um, I'll need a couple of things to test it. One is a lawnmower. Second is the land to put it on. And third is these guys to uh, allow me to test this product. <laughs> Electric sheep robotics. Look them up, watch the video. It's absolutely freaky to see these, uh, these mowers just drive around by themselves. It's crazy. I was just thinking then as I was talking about that, well, actually, as I was sipping my glass of wine, council workers, like guys who maintain parks, golf courses, um, anyone who does lawn mowing for a living, especially large scale mowing, that's scary stuff for them, right? Like that's, that's literally mowers just doing their jobs. Um, now, Jabra. Jabra, massive company, big in audio, started out in corporate environments, call centers, things like that. Um, also has a heritage linking back to hearing aids and systems as well. Uh, but Jabra has come out with some pretty cool news. So I've been for a while a bit of a fan of their in-ear headphones. I've had a bunch come through here and they've always been really impressive for an, from an audio perspective. Their ability to, to play clean audio but also be fantastic for phone calls as well is something that you kind of have to compromise on a lot of other brands. Jabra's got three new models coming. We're talking about earbuds here. So these are your AirPods alternatives, if that's, if that's where we need to draw the line. Three products. Let's talk about them real quick. The Elite 7 Pro, Elite 7 Active, and the Elite 3. I don't know what happened to 4, 5, 6, but we've got a big gap here, 7 and 3. So you know straight away that there should be a big gap in features, and there kind of is. Um, let's go through, I guess, top to bottom. The Elite 7 Pro, Elite Pro 7, $299. You're talking about 300 bucks. You're talking about sort of AirPods Pro competition here. Really interesting stuff. Obviously, you know, noise cancellation and things like that still built in. That's kind of expected these days. But what is most interesting in the changes that they've made this year with Jabra headphones is this multi-sensor voice technology. So what we're talking about here is being able to be heard when you're on a phone call. So say, for example... You're on the train, you're walking, you're riding a bike. People listening to your conversation 
on the other end want to make sure they can hear you properly, not hear the conversation, not hear the wind, whatever the case may be. It needs to isolate that out. And Jabra is going full hardcore in this to the point that they're even talking about using a bone conduction sensor. There's four microphones as well to help try and pick this up. And there's this algorithm that they're using to effectively tune into your voice by using the bone conduction. So bone conduction will allow the headphones to know, oh, that's the voice I should be caring about. But then allowing the microphones to tune into that voice, which means effectively isolating your voice amongst other noise to make sure that it's collecting that only. That is fascinating stuff. And I've already put my hand up and said, I need to try this. Bone conduction, bring that on. I need to absolutely have a look what that's like. So yes, you'll have this advanced voice pickup sensor that they're talking about built in. I'm, yeah, bring this thing on. The noise cancellation, of course, that's kind of expected these days. Any new pair of headphones, especially around that price point, if it hasn't got noise cancellation, why? Why not? I think that's a big one. So that's what we're talking about with the Pro. And yes, it will support Alexa. It will support the Google Assistant and it will even support Siri on iPhones also. The other thing that you need to talk about here is the Elite 7 Active. $20 less, definitely obviously by name going to be more focused on going to the gym, going for runs, and actually a little bit less focused on calls. It won't have this multi-sensor voice technology, but it will have the same sound quality as the pro. So it's more focused on listening to music rather than being heard. Uh, if that's more up your alley, that's what you could go for. They're also talking about this new shake grip coating, which means that I'm guessing the buds themselves have more of a grippy texture that when applied into your ears is less likely to fall out. So that means if you're doing cartwheels and you're upset that your buds normally fall out, Jabra is kind of saying that they, they shouldn't do it as much here. They still have those little um, silicon rubber tips, and you can also get these little wing tips as well if you so need them. But it sounds like with shake grip coating, what a name, you won't need that. The cheapest one, the Elite 3s. Obviously, it's three versions worse than this one, but I actually think it's quite interesting. We're talking about $120 here. 120 bucks for wireless earbuds. I like that. That's a good price. We know at that price point, you're not going to have noise cancellating or noise cancellation. That's kind of expected. You are going to get seven hours of playback and 28 hours if you include the case. So obviously a recharge when you put it back in the case as well. That to me is interesting. They do look, they look pretty much the exact same as the Elite 7s. But yes, you miss out on some of that technology. It does still have microphones built in. It probably would still perform better than an um, original pair of Apple AirPods. But you're missing a couple of features if you start comparing it with stuff outside of that price bracket. Honestly, I'm just excited that there's now earbuds at that $120 price point, which will probably sound very good. Jabra's got a long history of making good quality headphones. They probably don't have the same brand reputation as you would if, I, if you saw a pair of Apple AirPods in the wild. These aren't recognizable products, essentially, but they do a fantastic job if you don't mind not being a, a brand snob. I honestly think that they're a great value product. Um, the interesting thing here is that the threes will go on sale September 6th, um, but I believe the other ones will go on sale later this year. So I'm thinking it's around October, end of September. So Elite 3 is available now. The other one's available later in the month. So do hang out for those. I'm going to try and get the pros to test because I need to try this bone conduction. Uh, so stay tuned for a full review on that once we can get to it. Now, Microsoft. I'm a Windows user by day and I'm a Mac user by night. Um, it's a weird thing, but most corporates, 
depending on where you work, uh, probably use Windows in their standard operating environment. That's probably the, the standard thing they do. But personal, I have a Mac. I podcast with my Mac. I like using GarageBand. Um, Macs are generally, for me, a faster operating system to use. I find them fantastic. They look great. Yes, it's a lot more expensive. But anyway, for those who are using Windows, Windows 11 is coming. And Windows 11 is coming very soon, October 5th. It's about a month from now, depending on when you're listening to this show, that it will be available. In saying that, let's be very, very clear. Eligible devices will be offered the free upgrade, because it's going to be free, by mid-2022. So what's important to note here is that while Windows 11 will become publicly available, we're really talking about it being publicly available on new machines. So what will probably happen if, for example, today you went into a JB Hi-Fi, there's a pretty good chance you're going to start seeing laptops that say, with Windows 10, when you turn this thing on, but ready to upgrade to 11 by a certain date. What you'll start to see is OEMs or, or companies which sell laptops or computers that run Windows will start to have Windows 11 ready devices. And effectively, these will be the first ones to receive Windows 11. And then after October 5, you'll start to buy laptops that ship with Windows 11. But your computer today, which you're sitting in front of, may not get Windows 11 until sometime next year. And the way that Microsoft is doing this is not in the same way that they did the Windows 10 upgrade. With Windows 10, they kind of made a blanket that if you went onto the website, if you ran Windows Update, you would get prompted to install it. And if your computer tanked, well, your computer tanked. In this scenario, they're doing it differently. They're working with the brands to make sure that Windows 11 will only be available to compatible and eligible devices. So that's considering things like hardware, reliability, the age of the device, and there's some other factors as well. What's been interesting is as part of the pilot program or the, the beta program of Windows 11, some manufacturers have had to start telling customers that if you're using Windows 11 beta, you actually need to roll back because you're not going to be supported when Windows 11 drops, meaning that companies and even Microsoft is realizing Windows 11 will not be for anyone. Even if you think it could actually handle the latest operating system, it may not get it because it's just not going to work that well for you. So a different approach to what they did with Windows 10. And it's probably because this one is more of a functionality upgrade rather than a real critical upgrade. Windows 10 was pretty critical when he compared it to Windows XP, which was as old as a dinosaur and needed to happen. Windows 11, not a major step change. Many design cues changing, different, different graphics, different interfaces as well. I'm excited to try it. What's funny about it is, you know, I'm talking here about using two different operating systems in day and night. The Windows operating system, you work from the left. Your start button's on the left. With a Mac, all your stuff is right in the center. Your little toolbar at the bottom, it's right in the middle. Guess where Windows 11's toolbar is? Right in the middle. So things are going to look a little bit different with Windows 11. Now, after this, we are going to talk about new headphones from Bose. And I don't mean just in-ear ones. We're talking about the big over-ear ones that you would normally see in an airport lounge. Then we're going to talk about projectors. Ever thought you could fit a projector in your pocket? I've got two of them that can. Once upon a time, we used to go on these things called aeroplanes. We would wake up early in the morning. We'd get a uh, transfer to an airport. You'd go through a process of checking in through security. You check your bags, you get your ticket, you make it through the gate. And if you do this kind of thing often enough, 
you eventually get this ticket that allows you to go into a special room provided by the airline where they give you free food and drinks. It's like a lounge for frequent flyers. Once I eventually did this in my previous life where you could fly, I would go into things like a Qantas lounge, a Virgin Australia lounge, Singapore Airlines and others. And it's beautiful. I'll be honest. It's, it's a really nice thing. If you fly business, you automatically get access. But if you fly domestic or economy a heck of a lot, they just eventually start letting you in as well because you spend enough money with them. What you do notice once you get your wine and nibbles and things like that, and you start to look around, is that everyone kind of looks the same. The reason they all look the same is they're all wearing the same pair of headphones. What would be very apparent to me very early on when I started to fly, especially for work, was that if you went to an airport lounge, pretty good chance you're seeing a pair of Bose QC35s. Now, the Bose QC35s to me just remind me of frequent flyer lounges. It's as common in frequent flyer lounges as personalized passport holders. You know, the ones that have your initials on them? I have one of those. Now, Bose has had that pair in the market for a very long time, a very long time. A couple of years ago, they announced the Bose 700s. The Bose 700s looked radically different to the QC35s, but they matched on price. They were $499. And I thought, and I kind of was led to believe by Bose, that the 700s were a replacement of the QC35s. It was a new design. It had touch controls rather than physical buttons. It looked a heck of a lot different. And I flew at them often. I enjoyed them. In fact, I love them. I still have them. I really like them. And if Bose ever wants them back, I owe them money because I'm not giving them back without a fight. So that was where we stood. This week, however, Bose announced the QC45s. They look just like the QC35s. Minor differences. I'm talking about minor differences. USB-C charging is one of the changes, but you won't really notice that. They've also got two different ways of letting in ambient noise. Full noise noise cancellation, meaning I'm on a flight, don't talk to me, I need to listen to my movies. Or aware mode, which means that, you know what, I'm just eating my peanuts, I'm waiting to speak to the stewardess next time she walks down the aisle, or she might need me, so I'm going to have a conversation. So I'm going to leave it in aware mode so I can still hear what's going on around me. That is going to be interesting. So the QC45s are, come, are, make, are coming back, the quiet comforts. They're going to have a 24-hour battery when you're in Bluetooth mode, when you're in noise cancellation. So you could fly anywhere, literally anywhere. I checked. The International Space Station is a three-day flight. Not going to work. But you could effectively fly anywhere else on the planet and still never need to recharge those headphones. So that is an impressive thing in itself. They have still maintained a lot of the hardware buttons, and they've also not added any touch controls like we see on the 700s. So what I can tell you straight away is that Bose has had a lot of customer feedback, effectively saying that those who have the QC35s didn't like the look of the 700s, didn't like the functionality or the way that you had to control the 700s, they wanted the physical buttons because it was probably easier to find the buttons while you're using them. It's not probably about the looks, but the Bose 700 was so radically different that it was too risky for them to just ignore the everybody else and hope that they would come across eventually. So the QC45s now exist. And I can relate this to cars. And I'll tell you why. Look at a BMW 3 Series and look at the changes of the BMW 3 Series year on year. Look at it over 10 years. Look at 10 
different BMW 3 Series. The, the changes are always subtle because somebody, and maybe it's a similar kind of person, who is driving a BMW 3 Series today is perhaps leasing it. And in three years' time, they need to upgrade. But do they want to have a radically different car? No. They have a certain flavor. It has a certain prestige to it. Don't radically change it. Just give me the latest version. Give me the extra bells and whistles without making it look totally different. Whereas if you look at, say, Hyundai and their hatchback, you know, a much more common everyday kind of car, the hatchback, it radically changes year on year. They change names. They do whatever the heck they like because it's a different kind of customer. The customer of the QC35s doesn't want radical change. They want small, minor step changes because that's the way they're engineered. It's the way they live from cars as well as with headphones. And I cannot wait to try them. I've been very clear in my article. If you go to uh, officefortomorrow.com, you'll see where I've pointed out the differences between the Bose 700s and the QC45s. It's not that different. In fact, it's even the same price. So Bose has already been told and I've already asked, I need to try a pair of these QC45s. Not that I'll be using them on a plane in a hurry, but because I need to compare them with the 700s. Because at the same price, which one should you buy? People need to know. Now, lastly, let's talk about projectors. Now, I'm not talking about home theater projectors, although I guess you could use them in your home. Talk about projectors that can fit into your pocket. And I got an email from Philips this week about some new projectors that they've got coming to market. And it has to be the most interesting little lineup of products. Now, to be clear, some of the products that I'll mention right now are not part of the latest release, but some of them are. The Pico Pix Nano is the smallest projector that they make. This thing is going to fit in the palm of your hand, not, not including the fingers, just the palm. It'll easily fit in the palm of your hand. And yes, it can actually project. It's got a 30,000 hour lamp life, meaning you're not going to need to worry about replacing it for 20 years. I did the maths if you use it four hours per day. It can produce a 60 inch screen on the wall and you only need to be about two meters away to get that kind of projection. It has Wi-Fi, so you can screen mirror to it from your smartphone or from your computer. And it's also got a USB port for playing back content or a micro SD card slot if you so choose to use that. There's a battery built in. So yes, you don't need to power it, plug it into power while you're running it either. 80 minutes battery life in a small projector that can be used wirelessly. So effectively, the projector and your smartphone is enough for a movie night now. That's crazy to me. Yes, it's not full high definition in the projection, but it's a projector. And it could be something that you point to the ceiling while you're lying in bed and you have a 60-inch screen on the, on the roof. Or it could be something you're using outside. Or it could just be something you keep in your laptop bag for client presentations when it's really important. That I'm seeing for sale at $250, not a lot of money. Let's step it up a little bit. The PicoPix Micro. Now, this one I have tested myself, so I can, I can verify and validate everything I'm about to tell you. Uh, this one is about the size of your hand. So let's include the fingers in this one. About the size, depending on how big your hands are but, or how small, but about the size of your, of your hand. That's called the PicoPix Micro. The resolution is slightly upgraded, still not high definition, but it supports high definition, but the output is not. 
It does 65 inches instead of 60 in case that in case that extra five inches is important. It has a little bit extra brightness, meaning yes, it still needs to be a dark room, but you know what? If you just close the curtains on a sunny day, it's going to still work for you. You can plug a mini HDMI cable into this and I guess an adapter to normal HDMI if you need to, meaning you can plug a Chromecast into something like this or an Apple TV and away you go. It's that simple. Battery life is stepped up to three hours. Um, and honestly, I've tested this thing and it's hilarious because it just works so easily and it's so small. So you, again, you don't need to have power. You just need to have the projector. It also even comes with a little tripod mount that you can use to prop up wherever it is that you are. That kind of projector, guys, belongs in a camping bag as well. Imagine just putting up a bed sheet, you know, throwing it onto a bed sheet wherever the heck you are in the world and playing back content. It's like a movie night under the stars ready to go. This one is going to cost you $495. So it is a bit of a step up. But the latest one that they've announced, which is where I actually went to and fro with Philips on this one to say, help me understand the price gap. It's called the PicaPix Micro 2. Now, this particular one adds another element. It has very similar um, capabilities. However, it now does an 80-inch display on the wall instead of the 65. Um, it goes up to four hours battery life instead of the three. So there's the two major upgrades straight away. Lamp hours remain the same at 30,000 hours. It's got USB-C, which is a big difference when you think about connecting laptops or smartphones. USB-C is kind of becoming very universal now. So you can just be plugging that into the projector and away you go. You've also got the Google Assistant built in. And the reason it's actually there is because it's running the Android TV operating system. And that, my friends, is where the massive benefit is. Because with that, it means you can, on the projector itself, you can navigate to Netflix, KO, Stan, Paramount Plus, you name it, it will all be one click away on the remote it comes with. Or you could actually speak into the remote using the Google Assistant. So this one, you technically wouldn't even need to have your smartphone, laptop, tablet with you. It just needs to be there and within range of your Wi-Fi network or a hotspot device that you could be carrying as well. So this one is probably the even better option if you can afford it. And I say that because, you know, while it's got those advantages, it adds quite a bit to it. So we're talking about $899 for this particular projector. And yes, there is some key benefits here. But if you're talking about using this thing time, you know, here and there in the, and in the summertime for outdoor movie nights, then I'd actually get the previous one. I'd actually go and tell you to go spend the $495 on the PicoPix Micro, I guess, one, because for an extra $50, you can plug a Chromecast into it and get most of those advantages built in. So think about where you spend your money. My job is to look at everything that gets announced. My job is then to compare it with what's already out there and to try and give you the best recommendations that so you just go out and get what you need. I don't need you to go and do the comparisons. I don't need you to do that. I'm trying to do that all for you. And that's what this show is all about. So that's the latest from Pico Picks. Uh, obviously, Philips make all of these and I trust Philips. I've used the Pico Picks Micro. I, I loved it. I did send it back, but I absolutely loved it. If you're thinking about having outdoor movie nights in the summer, man, that's going to be a bunch of fun. Even if it's for sport, like just think about getting people around for sport. You're going to watch the, watch the game. You're going to do a barbecue, maybe have a little campfire. And you're going to just throw the game up on the screen. It doesn't have to be the best quality because you're just watching sport. You just want to know what's going on. That's it. How good is it? Ladies and gentlemen, you've been amazing. You've been amazing. I appreciate your support. I appreciate all the text messages I do get. 
the mentions on social media, those who reach out to me. It is nice to hear from you. And it's funny. I look at the stats. There's a lot of people out there listening. I don't hear from the majority of you, but that's okay. You're always welcome to do that. And if you want to, if you're tempted to, maybe today is the day. 0467-439-078. And you can also reach out to me in a different way. You can leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you so choose to. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for downloading. Have an amazing rest of the week. Have a safe Father's Day and uh, look out for each other. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.